I remember he told me, and I thought it really was impactful. And he said, in my mind, there are many ways to look at your life and none more important through the view of your own eyes, right? So when I'm an old man, there won't be a single regret in my mind for the choices I made and the chances I took, only the moments that I let slip away and only the times I wouldn't pull the trigger. Whether it's in business or life or your love life, we won't talk personal, you have to put yourself (laughs) out there and pull the trigger, right? So there aren't any do-overs. Most people in life like to judge, condemn, and point fingers and do so because they are inadequate or need to look down on the choices of others so they aren't forced to confront the opportunities that they've lost. Are you ready to decide it's your turn to live your most purposeful, profitable, passionate life? I'm Christina LeCure, former professional golfer turned confidence and success coach. I truly believe every one of us was put here for a God-given purpose, and it is our responsibility to live that fully. For well over a decade now, I've been turning my life as well as countless others around from feeling unworthy, incompetent, and without a purpose to living a life I cannot wait to wake up for even on days when shit hits the fan. And it all started with a decision. Yeah, you heard that right. I said God and shit in the same sentence. So clearly this won't be your typical podcast, but what I can assure you is that each week myself and my guests are going to enlighten you, fire you up, and having you walk away with stories and strategies to not only boost your confidence, but give you hope that at any moment in time, you have the power to decide it's your turn. Yo, welcome back to the Decide It's Your Turn podcast. Today, I'm so excited for you to meet my guest. This man has probably had the biggest impact in my life behind my dad and my husband. His name is Justin Pointer, and he is the founder of Crown Golf. He has worked with the best athletes on the planet. He's had winners on the PGA Tour, the LPGA Tour, the web.com. But here's the thing. You don't have to love golf or know anything about golf in order to become obsessed with Justin and the way that he thinks. Justin's motto in life is developing champions. And today we talk all about faith, mindset, and what it takes to truly live the life of a champion. You guys, I'm so excited for you to meet my good friend, Justin Pointer. Yeah, I'm so excited for today's interview. Justin Pointer has been a friend. Gosh, I don't even know how long we've been friends now. It's been a while, probably 12 to 13 years. I think we met at least at, I remember it like it was yesterday. I met you at the PGA Golf Show in Orlando and we went for dinner that night. And just the way that this man thinks, how he holds himself, how he connects with other human beings is probably been one of the most instrumental people in my life who has helped me get to where I am right now, whether he knows that or not, but just how he shows up in the world. And I know that this is definitely outside of your comfort zone to do. So I'm so grateful that you're here today. Now, thanks for having me. It'll be great. Media is always interesting for me, as you know. I know, but you know what? You're fantastic at it. Like you're a one take wonder. What did you tell me yesterday? Golf channel, you were doing something for golf channel. It was, you know, minus five outside. And you're like, I'm going to be a one take wonder, brother. <laughs> a positive mindset, big deal. So I had good people around me, Carlos, Chris Como, so and the whole staff. So, you know, makes it easier. Exactly. Well, for those who don't know uh, a little bit about Justin, you can find all those things in the show notes, but I would like you to kind of give us a brief introduction on who you are, what you do, and um, don't be shy because you're actually quite a badass, but you're just a very under the radar badass. Uh, (laughs) 
So I am a golf instructor by trade. I'm a I, managing partner of Crown Golf. We started a company called Crown Golf. Uh, we're here in Arlington, Texas at the Texas Rangers Golf Club. And there's a group of us that have started. We have a full-time junior academy and four teachers. And it's just trying to develop champions. You know, our tagline and, and what we're truly trying to do is we've devoted our lives to developing champions, whether it's on the course or off the course. And for me, I worked for Jim McLean for 13 years uh, as a director of instruction in Texas, worked for him at Doral a little. I've been able to teach a few players on, you know, every tour, Champions Tour, the PJ Tour, the LPJ Tour. So, and I just guess the biggest thing for me is I think it's just, you know, you're, you're trying to impact people. Mr. Burke has been a big mentor and Jim McLean have been big mentors. And I guess one of the things Mr. Burke always tell me, he says, you, you know, you want to make an impact on everyone's life. So I think that's what we're trying to do through our business. I love it because, you know, not everyone who's listens to this podcast knows much about golf. And, you know, for those who don't know, I played pro golf for a few years. And in the beginning, when I first met Justin, I was still trying to play and Justin definitely took me under his wing, but I'll be honest with you. There's probably you're amazing at what you do, creating and developing champions around the world in the golf industry. But I'll be honest, nothing that I really got from you is golf involved. <laughs> and you know that to be true. I I did get, you know, lessons from you and you've definitely, if I wanted to, I could have become probably a much better player than I actually am by working with you. But what I did get from you and which I think we are kind of going to really dive in today on is the development of a champion's mind. Because in my personal opinion, I think there is not another person on the planet that I could think of that thinks the way that you think and creates an impact in people without them even knowing what the hell you're doing. And I think you're honestly like one of the most phenomenal people on the planet at it. I, I always come back to the story when it really like clicked with me. You told me from the beginning, you've always from the beginning that I've known you, you've always told me how strong I am, how confident I am. You told me all of these things way before I fucking believed it to be true about myself. But I had no idea what you were actually doing when you were teaching me all of these things by like literally brainwashing me into believing that like, oh my God, I am super strong. I am super confident. Tell me where this comes from and how did you learn how to do this? Well, uh, like for you, I, I just remember being around you the first time I met you. I just, people have presence, have a presence, right? So in, it doesn't matter whether it's the, what you call an aura or whatever it is, but it, from you, I just always felt like you were really confident and you were bold, strong. So as I sense those things, then you want people to understand what their strengths are. I think it's very important in your life to know what you're great at, right? So, and if you're not great at it, then you have to figure out how to be great at it. So, but if you already have it inside you, someone, as they recognize it in you and tell you, then as you like, oh, he's right. And the more you believe it, then guess what happens? It becomes a confident aspect in your life. So, and then you can use that and I, I was around a, a guy who played professional golf or professional football uh, in William Malinchak, actually. And, and he always talked about to me, he's like talking about, you know, your life is sort of like you're riding waves, right? So if you're on top of the wave and everything's going really well, life's pretty easy. 
But as soon as you make a mistake, you make a poor choice and you fall down, right? Then you keep getting beat up by the waves behind you and it's hard to get on top. So what I figured in performance is that if you recognize in the athlete, and it's not just in performance, in daily life, if you recognize their strengths and you're able to put them on top of the wave early in their career, whether they have the skill or tech, and I mean technical development, like in golf, so to speak, or for you, it's like what you're doing, making an impact on people around the world. You know, you may have not known that you had it in you, but as I recognized it, then it was my job to make sure that you were aware. So, and as to how I've done it, I mean, uh, you've been to my house, you see a zillion of the books I've read. And then I just sort of put together a philosophy of what I think it takes to be great as being around great athletes. I mean, Jason Day lives seven houses down to me. Romo's been out of my house. I've had access, Carlos Ortiz, who's on the PJ Tour. You know, I've had access to people who've been successful in sporting endeavors, but also, you know, CEOs come to you for golf lessons, you know, people who are really making impacts, people like you. I mean, and I'm learning from you. It's like, I'm absorbing, and this is, I think, one of the greatest things to do in life. You absorb what you want from people, like from you, the boldness, the confidence, the intelligence. I try to steal, and, and it's emulate would be the right word, those traits that you have and put them in my life. And the traits that I don't want from people, I just push them aside and don't listen. Oh, I love that so much because I think that like, you know, obviously you guys know that the whole purpose of this podcast is to help you decide it's your turn and give you takeaways. And what Justin just said there is so, so important. Every one of us surrounds ourselves with people, whether it may, it may not be every single day, uh, you know, a Wall Street CEO or a Tony Romo. But you are surrounded by people who are doing something that you want to do. They have either the confidence, they have the mindset, they have the business strategy, they have the relationship, whatever it is. And what Justin just said was you take what you want and leave what you don't. You know, that's actually, I, I like I've told many times, I've been a part of uh, Al-Anon because a, a person in my family um, ha struggles with addiction. And so that's one of the slogans in Al-Anon, take what you want and leave what you don't. And I just think that it's so, so impar uh, important for people to realize that they can actually do that. And I think that that is actually one of your biggest strengths is the fact that, you know, I never hear you say a negative comment. Like, you truly, like when I ask you and I text message you and talk to you, how are you doing? I have only heard, I am so freaking amazing. I'm so blessed. Life is amazing. Life is perfect. But I think the thing is, is you've like in the beginning, I'll be honest in the beginning, I was like, this guy is full of shit. But the thing is now is I know you believe it. Well, living the dream would be what I generally tell you. So <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I, I'll give you a story. So I was sitting at um, Muirfield Village with Jack Nicholas and Carlos Ortiz and, and Nicholas walks up and I, 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 you know, you have a chance you're around someone great. You're going to ask him a question. So you have to ask questions, right, to learn. So one of the biggest things in life is learning and to keep evolving. So I asked Mr. Nicholas, I said, who'd you play your practice rounds with? Plays well, like Claire, Palmer, Burke, Hogan, you know, and I go, well, what'd you learn from him? And he looked me and I'll never forget. He looked me, he goes, I learned from every day, from anyone I played with in every round. And, and, and the thing was, he goes, whatever they did well, I took from them. And he goes, most people that I played with, I learned what not to do. And he goes, I didn't do those things. He goes, I was aware enough 
during the actual competitive rounds to watch the other players and see what they were doing right and wrong. And I just, he goes, and I emulated what they did right and what they did wrong. He goes, I discard it. So, and that's sort of what you're talking about when you're talking about it's your turn, but you've also got to understand you have to always be learning. It's every day you can walk in the grocery store. How does the person treat you? You know, do they make an impact on your life? Is it a positive impact? So, and I, and I'm just a big believer. I, I mean, if you ask the kids that are the players, they, they know they're going to get the truth. They may not like it. So it's sort of, I, I think, uh, Harry Truman's one of my favorite quotes. It's like, I don't give them hell. I just tell them the truth and they think it's hell. Right. So and I think that those are important things. You tell people the truth and people are going to be OK down the line. But it's not, you know, everyone's not treated equally. You're treated fairly. You know, you sort of earn what you get. And I think that if you're positive with people, then guess who you're going to who's going to surround themselves around you? Positive people. So that's why, like, I enjoy being around you because you're so positive and upbeat and you, you sort of attract those things. Yeah. And, and I'm super grateful that you said that because I think it's 100% the truth. One of the things I preach all the time is who you are, who you surround yourself with. You know, a cool story that you told me one time that I think would be really cool to tell on the podcast is about um, the, the, you know, the very successful PGA Tour pros at play that you know and how they allow someone to play with them or not. Do you want to tell that story? Yeah. So simple deal. So if you're one of the best players in the world, they'll play with anybody. It really doesn't matter, right? So Jason Day, Carlos, Ortiz, all these guys, if you want to play with them, they don't mind. And it's like, you know, I've been out at Carlo, with at Dallas National with Carlos, and they'll be having these huge groups go off, these money games, and they'll always ask Carlos, well, who do you want to play with? He goes, I don't care. He goes, just make sure he's positive and make sure he's upbeat. He goes, I don't want to be around someone who's miserable. So if you play with them and – you play, you know, at a relatively good pace and you're positive and you're upbeat and you're not negative. They'll play with you all the time. It doesn't matter the score you shoot as long as you can keep up. And keeping up means what your attitude is and then sort of the pace that they play. But it, this moment you go the other way, you're negative and, you know, you're throwing clubs, you're poor, bad mouthing other people, you're out. So and you'll never get back in. You know, they're going to surround themselves with great personalities, I would say, typically the best players, especially the very elite of elite. They just don't want to be around, you know, people that are bring them down. Absolutely. And I think that that's so, so important. So if you are listening to this and you want to achieve some sort of greatness in your life and you want to be around the best people, well, then be the best people. And if you are wanting to achieve the greatness and right now you're surrounding yourself with, you know, low vibe, non, you know, high vibe, bitching about life people, then you've got to figure out what the hell it is that you're doing and what do you, is that you truly want. And one of the things that I think that you're really good at is making really hard decisions and putting up some really good boundaries. Like you don't associate with people who are negative. You don't associate with people who are bringing down the crowd. And I think that that is one of the most important keys for so many of us in achieving greatness. Like 
whether you're going to say it or not, you're one of the greatest. You are one of the greatest golf instructors there is. And I believe it's a lot to do with, obviously you are so technically smart, but you know, you develop champions by, in my personal opinion, the number one thing that you do the best is the mindset. Like in my personal opinion, that will literally take you farther than most talent will ever take you. And you do that by having such a strong mindset and you're surrounded with the best. Like you very much intentionally put yourself in a situation where people around you are not allowed to act negatively. And that is one of the things that I think was a huge change for me is the fact that like, I knew if I wanted to be around you, who was great and your people who were great people, I wasn't allowed to have a bullshit attitude. I wasn't allowed to be negative. And I think that that is so important that so many people don't understand. And for you, it's like, it's quite very much a simple decision. Yeah. Well, just remember being critical to me is negative, right? So, you know, it's, I wouldn't had a quote, you know, it's easy to be critical of people or some to that don't criticize, don't complain. There was like three things that he mentioned when I read his book and if you take it to heart, it's like in this day and age, it's become, you know, it's like it's easy to criticize because you've got social media and you can distance yourself from you can write it, you can type it, but you don't have to say it to somebody. Right. There's a lot of things that you'll write and type and just fire it off without uh, actually saying it to the person. The thing you have to understand is everyone in the world makes mistakes. Right. So we're all going to err. We're all going to do something wrong. You've got to be forgiving of someone, but you also have to know what someone's true intentions are, what's in their heart, you know, and the, the thing, if you're going to be great at anything, there's like, I have a list of things that I think that it takes to be great. And, and it doesn't matter what you choose, whether it's golf, whether it's like being great at impacting people like you do, or, you know, if you're going to be a great attorney, you're going to be a great doctor. There's just a list of things it takes. Like, and the biggest thing that I would tell you is it doesn't matter if you have a lot of money or a little money, that if you start with the right attitude and you the, the successful people want to be around you and they will help you. And I will help anybody in golf if I think they have the right attitude. So, and it doesn't matter, you know, if they're a young instructor, an older instructor, you know, but they have to do it for the purest of reasons. And it is to impact other people. You know, if you're truly devoted to developing champions and helping people, I, I, I think that, that is probably, you know, the best way you can impact someone in their life. And it's everything from faith to, you know, their heart, their mind and shaping them into where, hey, they're their best version of themselves, so to speak. Mm -hmm. I love that. And one thing that you brought up there that I really am excited to talk about is your faith, because I've said this time and time again, too. You are one of the biggest people that helped me come into my faith and develop not only just, you know, faith, but a relationship with God. And I think that you are one of my mentors when it comes to that. Have you always grown up in your faith or has there ever been a time in which that kind of struggled or have you always been strong in your faith? Tell us a little bit about that. No, it's, <laughs> you know, I, I think it, this will circle back to our previous conversations, really. I think that in my life, I grew up, uh, my family went to church, my grandparents went to church, you know, you go to church because your family takes you, right? 
So, and as you evolve, you know, I went to uh, play college baseball. I went to law school for a year. I went and got an MBA. And as you're going through your college years, you know, you may not be as impacted as faith because you're trying to find yourself. So, and, and you might spend less time in church. And it's funny. It's like uh, my dad, I took my mom and dad, like the church we went to when I was growing up, I just never thought it impacted me. Right. So, and it wasn't because of rules, regulations. I just didn't think the pastor, preacher, what uh, priest, whatever you want to call them, you know, cause I went to a Catholic school, but I grew up uh, in a church of Christ. And now I sort of uh, I've, when I was in Lake Charles, when I was growing up, I ended up going to a Trinity Baptist church. And then here I'm at Colleyville first Baptist church. So, but, you know, I think that whoever's speaking up there, if they're really good at what they can, what they're doing, they make an impact on you and they make it and it's uh, thoughtful, you know, and when you think of the definition of thought, it makes it's full of thought. So they make you full of thought. So and I think that for as I went through my life, my I took my parents to Trinity Baptist Church. I said, look, this guy's really good. He's going to make you think about things. So they came and I was off in Miami with working for Jim, living on uh, Collins Avenue, which is in Miami Beach, A1A, if Vanilla Ice song reference, very old. So, but uh, but uh, my, they, they told my, each one of my parents, they were in their Bible class and basically told them, I want you to pray for somebody for a year. So when I got moved here by Jim to run the Jim McLean, Texas, you know, I started looking for churches and, you know, who knows why, you know, and I found and uh, Craig Etheridge is the pastor at First Collierville and I've had lunches with him and, you know, he sort of made an impact on me because, you know, I always was motivated when I left there. So and then, uh, you know, you start surrounding yourself with people that are more like you and it's not necessarily you know, they have the traits that you want. So every morning, like Proverbs, my favorite Bible, my favorite book of the Bible. So I read Proverbs constantly. I try to read the Bible. The same man, Mr. William Malachek, he told me he read the Bible every once a year. So I try to read the Bible every year. Uh, I, I get up uh, like right now, every morning when I start my day, I listen to Pastor Rick Warren's daily devotional. When I go to bed, I'm always trying to read a book that's faith-based. So I try to get up and in my day, but I try to live my day that way, right? So you're trying to do your best all the time for him, not for other people. And, and, and you know, I had a buddy and I'm gonna read something to you. I remember he told me, and I thought it really was impactful. And he said, in my mind, there are many ways to look at your life and none more important through the view of your own eyes, right? So when I'm an old man, there won't be a single regret in my mind for the choices I made and the chances I took only the moments that I let slip away and only the times I wouldn't pull the trigger, whether it's in business or life or your love life. We won't talk personal. But you have to put yourself <laughs> out there and pull the trigger. Right. So there aren't any do overs. Most people in life like to judge, condemn and point fingers and do so because they are inadequate or need to look down on the choices of others. So they aren't forced to confront the opportunities that they've lost. So the discretion that you use and the choices that you make is a matter of personal choice and logical sensibilities. So in in and the thing that he that he sort of ended it with is that don't listen to other people. To be happy, you have to listen to yourself. 
And then when it comes to the world, they're not trying to live a godly life. So you're trying to live a godly life. And if you know in your heart, you're trying to do the right thing, always remember in life, they're only spect- spectators, critics, and players. Be a player. Mm, I love that. Be a so. player in your own life. And how many people do you know right now? How many people listening to this podcast are being spectators? Like I know far too many people who are being spectators in their life. And I never want one day to not be a player in my own life. Yeah. I love that so much. Yeah, it's critics too. I think there's as many critics as spectators. Oh, well, that's probably <laughs> the truth. Hey, something that you said there um, about that pastor being the thoughtful person. Do you believe that you are trying to do that when you're coaching your players? Oh, all the time. So if you're going to be great, and I think this is what you do and what you're doing really well for people is what you're trying to do is make them think about who they are and what they want to be. And you're, you don't give them necessarily their roadmap, but you open the road and you open their eyes and at the end of the day, that person becomes an independent person. And that's that's how I coach all of my players. Like they need to know their swing. They need to know how they play. They need to know how they're successful. And that was sort of what we did with Chris Como on the Golf Channel. We sort of explained how uh, Carlos, what we've done over the years so that I don't have to be at every event. Like it's not that I don't reinforce what he's doing, but he's developed into someone that is very independent. He's the CEO of the game. He's the CEO of his life. I'm just a great sounding board for the truth that if you need hey, a little motivation, because motivation wanes, right? So that's not always in there. So the, the, the thing is, it's like, and I remember I asked Jason Day one time while we were on motivation, I asked him, you know, what's the difference between you? When he, he was number one player in the world. I said, what's the difference between you and the guys who are 100 or below? And he goes, well, you know, he goes, when I'm not motivated, you know, when I don't want to go work out, when I don't want to go practice, I do. Mm. The people that are below me, 100 or below, they probably don't. I love that so much. Yeah, uh, it's super true because I always say as a good coach, I'm never going to put something in you. My job is to give you the external perspective, number one, but keep you confident and confident, motivated, consistent, and accountable to doing the things that you want to do. And I a hundred percent agree with the motivation because there is days where I am not motivated, but what I've done is created really good habits and promises to myself. So I know that my habit is going to, what's get me going to do the thing that I say that I want to do when I'm totally not motivated. And I'd much rather sit on the fucking couch. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll give you one little thing to help you get motivated. So no matter what you want to do, you sort of have intrinsic and extrinsic motivation. And people tell you when you reach the highest level, it takes more intrinsic. Like, I don't necessarily agree. So if there's someone doing what you want to do and you, you want to be the best at it, you just flip to their Instagram, you flip to their social media and you see all the things they have that you don't have. And then you'll end up in that gym. You'll be end up on that tee hitting golf balls, because if you want that green jacket, you can't sit in your house. If you wanted the U.S. Open trophy, if you want to be the best speaker in the world, look, see who they spoke to, see who they, what they've done. And, and usually that's enough for most people to get up because you're like, man, he's got it. She's got it. I don't have it, you know, and it bothers you enough if you have that competitive fire. And those are the traits that you're talking about that you've instilled in your audience. You know, my question to you is the best you've worked with the best athletes in the world. 
What do you see in them from the beginning that perhaps maybe even they don't see that most people don't have? Uh, there's sort of a list. You want the whole yeah, list? Yeah, fuck yeah, I want the list. I want all the things. I think the first thing is sometimes it's genetic. You know, I think, I mean, you look at Michael Jordan, he had a gift like jumping. I mean, he's a better athlete than some. And, and the thing I would tell you is that sometimes, you know, it doesn't have to be physical either. It could be a mindset that they have that they may have been born with. Like, I remember I was having dinner with uh, Tony Romo's parents and I asked him, I said, when he was young, did you know he was going to be good at something really good? And they said, well, when he was like in high school, he would wear out VCRs because he would play. He would tape all the best quarterbacks and he would play the tape and rewind, fast forward, rewind, fast forward so much that he wore out like three or four VCRs just watching and trying to emulate the greats on how they threw footballs. So, but I think sometimes there's a genetic gift, not all the time, but sometimes I think passion, I think that's a big one. You have to love what you do and, uh, and you don't love it all the time, but when you're young, you've developed a passion, like you either like to hit golf balls or, you, you know, there, whatever it is you choose to be great at, you, you actually love it a lot or you like it. And as you get older, it's a job, obviously, but you still have that innate. You can remember when you were younger, the passion you had for it. Uh, I think they have uh, a great trust in, in, in improve in like sort of the improvement process. Like uh, it doesn't matter what athlete I'm around. They always think, oh, this is my the way I do. It's better than your way. And I'm thinking, man, this guy's an average fitness coach. He's an average trainer. He's an average mental coach. But that's not what they believe. So they have a lot of complete trust in their their own improvement process. And in that improvement process, you know, they're focused on themselves, right? So they're not, they've, uh, they've sort of lost touch with the reality of who's on the outside. They're only internally focused on what they're doing. And I think that's where a lot of people get lost. I think it's okay to motivate yourself externally, but I think that they're really internally focused on getting better. Uh, I think that they're very good at controlling those things that make them better because at the end, like right now in Dallas, we're having terrible weather. You can't control that. So, but as a golfer, if you want to hit balls, well, you can find a place indoors to hit golf balls, right? So you can control those things. So they control what they can control. Uh, the one big one we talked about earlier, they surround themselves with positive influences. Uh, they surround themselves uh, with the best in what, and in their mind, they may be the best, they may not be, but they're positive and they emulate that greatness from them. So, and it doesn't even have to be like a golfer doesn't have to take it from golf. It could take it from like, you know, there's a lot of players that are mo motivated by Kobe Bryant. There's a lot of players motivated by what Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods, you know, they were motivated by their greatness. Uh, positive. That's another one. They're very positive. There's not very many great people who are negative. Can so you train yourself to be positive. Cause I truly look at you as one of the most positive people. Do you believe that you were inherently born with that? Or do you just train yourself so much that you've now literally brainwashed yourself and being one of the most positive people? Uh, both. I think my mother always tells me when I was young that uh, always expected things to work out. So, but in Christianity, what do we call that? We call that faith. So I have faith that things will work out. So, but the, the flip side of that is you have to work hard. 
right? So you have to work hard for your goals. No one's going to give it to you. And if you read the Bible, that's what it tells you have to do. You have to have faith and faith is believing something to be true, even though you can't see it. Mm -hmm. So, and then working, you know, I I think that that's would be next on my list is if we want to keep going down the list, but giving effort, you know, it's like, you go to the gym, you work out, you do all those things. There's times when you don't want to be in the gym, but you still give that maximal effort. And there's sometimes when your effort, you know, you go through cycles, you know, you work hard, you don't work hard, but you're still there. You're giving the effort. So I think and, that, that is so key. The things that you said, because I always believe in, in everything. You guys have been listening to this podcast now for however many months, you know, that the one thing I always say is faith and action, faith and action, trump everything else. Like faith and action are the two things that you need in order to decide it's your turn. Like, let me tell you, those are the two things that'll make the biggest impact in your life. Have the unwavering faith. You know, I call it sometimes manifestation, believing something to be true, even before you can possibly see it and action, small steps every single day. We never look back. We forget how much we can accomplish over, you know, a week, a year, six years, 10 years. I think it's just so important that you're saying that because that's exactly what the best of the best, they have faith in action. Yeah, that very true. Very true. Keep going. Liz? Yeah, keep going. Tell me all the things. We all want to know what are the best athletes in the whole entire world? What do they possess? Expect to win your mindset. It goes back. You're expecting to win. But if you don't, you have to learn. I think they do that really well. And I think you got to love challenges. I think when things, the adversity, it's like, you know, Carlos is a good example. Like he lost his tour card. Uh, he came right out of college. He won three times on the, it was the web.com at the time. It's now the corn Ferry. He won three times. He was the player of the year. He had gotten his tour card in Europe. I mean, it was easy. He got on the tour. He made it to the second stage of the FedEx cup, the first year on tour and it got easy. And, and then he struggled because he didn't work as hard. I mean, he'll admit it to you and he lost his tour card, but that adversity of going back down it was a, a great teacher for him of what he had to do. And it's changed his mindset. I think that a lot of people, it's the Nick Saban. Everybody wants to be a, a success, but the people aren't willing to do what it takes to be successful. So, and I think what most of the people need to understand is it's not always going to be easy. You talked about little steps. You know, it's like Jim laughed the other day, McLean, he called me and he goes, yeah, you're on the golf channel. Now you're an overnight success 13 years later. Exactly. Exactly. Did you see that meme? Speaking of, because one of the things that you said is about winners. And did you see that most recent, we're taping this right near the Super Bowl time. And did you see that meme that came out where, I don't know if you probably wouldn't have seen it unless you, I, I shared it. Jesse Itzler, who is, you know, he's amazing. His wife is Sarah Blakely, owns Spanx. He's created, you know, billions of companies. He, he owned a racehorse with Tom Brady. And this racehorse literally finished, you know, second four or five times it ran. And Jesse Itzler sent Tom Brady a text and say, Hey bud, we, we bought this amazing horse. It's finished second, like congrats, bro. And Jesse said there was a long pause and he said, that's not a good horse. Cause that horse needs to feel what it feels like to win or it will never win. Do you believe that that is true. Like, how do you get that? Like Tom Brady, we now know greatest athlete ever to exist, basically the go. He has to have the feeling of winning. Can you, 
train someone to do that? Like, what is your take on the winning mentality? The people who like, you know, Tiger back in the heyday of like, you know, 97, like we're literally, he like believed every single solitary time he was stepping on the golf course, he was going to win. What is that mentality? You're around so many greats. <laughs> I call it delusional. <laughs> they Their self-belief and their confidence is so high that they're delusional to some degree. And I think in performance, you have to understand that's acceptable. So you have to have such inner belief, self-belief in yourself. And it goes back to faith. We talked about, they have faith and belief in themselves. And yeah, I, it's truly exists because I'll give you a Jason day story. Jason day was playing at uh, Palmer in Bay Hill, right? The first two days. And, and he spent a lot of time with tiger. He would go down to tiger's house, talk to tiger. They become good friends. And, uh, so he played the first two days and he's just killing the field. You know, he's hitting it great. He's having no troubles. The, 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 the golf's easy. He's hitting it where he wants. He's doing what he wants with the golf ball, shooting the scores he wants. The day three is a little not as good, but he still has the lead, right? So he's going into the last day and he texts Tiger and he goes, you know, I'm not feeling as good. And Tiger sent back three words, find a way. That was the three words. And so he went out and Jason said, I was hitting it so bad, it was embarrassing. But if you, you can go back and watch, there's videos of YouTube. He was up by one going into the last hole. And as you know, Bay Hill dogleg right. They put the pin all the way on the right, by the water, high rough, right, left. So if you miss the fairway, you're in trouble. So obviously he missed the fairway, he hits in the bunker way left. So he's got like a 40 yard bunker shot downhill to water. He hits it over to three feet, four feet. He makes it. And he said, he goes, I remember telling myself all the last nine holes, find a way, find a way, find a way, find a way. And I think that's what winners do. That would be another one on my list. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that is the best takeaway ever. Like I want everyone out there listening to this. You can decide it's your turn by finding a way, like find a way, make it happen. You know, one of the things that I say, you know, and I stole this from a good friend of mine when I was climbing Kilimanjaro, his line is there's always a way to yes. And that's what he believed in his business. And he's a, you know, a multi seven figure business owner and just an unbelievably positive person, just like yourself. I just love hanging around with him. It was cool to spend, you know, a week on a mountain with him, but that was his slogan. He said, there's always a way to yes. And it's exactly what you just said. Find a way. There's always a way. Find a freaking way. And I absolutely love that. And I think that that's what winners do. You know, something I want to kind of touch on real quick is, um, if you don't mind, is you, 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 uh, had a cancer battle, cancer, you know, issue come up back in the day. Did that ever waver your faith or was there, what did that teach you? So I had a lyomyosarcoma, lyomyosarcoma in the back of my left leg. Luckily it was a cutaneous, so it didn't require your, uh, radiation, chemo, anything like that. But I, I was actually just at MD Anderson yesterday for a checkup, so small world. But uh, the the thing is, I remember I had a little cyst on the back of my leg, and the girl that I was dating at the time was doing a residency, and she said, you need to get that taken off. So I went, I had it taken off, and, you know, you're going about your life. You don't think anything of it. It's like, you know, if you go to a dermatologist, you're not thinking they're going to call you and tell you anything. And I remember I got a phone call, and the doctor said, hey, you have cancer. And I was, I remember I was getting ready for work. It was that early in the morning. It was like 6.37. I mean, they called me before they were open, I think. 
And I mean, I remember I just sat down. I was like, wow. And the first thought in my head was, I don't want my parents to see me die. And then the second thought was like, man, you know, uh, I have to tell my girlfriend. And so I called, told her, and she's, of course, doing her internship or residency at the time for radiology. And she spent the day looking it up. But the, the thing that it actually did, it's weird because it gave you a different perspective on life, right? So this sort of goes to, you know, uh, a couple other traits that I think it takes to be great. And one is back to find a way there's going to be adversity. And you mentioned the mountain. I remember reading a book and it's like, if you, you're, you climbed Mount Kilimanjaro, right? Yeah. So the, the question I'll always ask someone when they're going, trying to be the greatest golfer in the world, if you were going to climb that mountain, do you think there's going to be some cold and snowy days on the way up? <laughs> yes, sir. There is. So that means there's going to be adversity. So, and that's sort of how I looked at the cancer. There was an adversity, but it also gave me a perspective, right? So the perspective was, you, you know, it's like every day matters. So you got to make every, it's like, I don't remember the book, but make each day count. Mm -hmm. So somebody, and I remember I read it when I was reading about Drew Brees, but, you know, each day counts. You got to win each day. And then the other thing is sort of persistence, just incremental improvement. So when, when you feel like you got in, when they first say you're going to have cancer, you don't know if I'm going to have radiation, you don't know if you have chemo, you don't know what's going to happen. So, but as far as my faith, no, you know, it's, it actually deepens it because, you know, you pray every day, right? So the, the thing for me is like, is it better here? Is it better in heaven? It's probably going to, for me, I'm hope, and I know and believe and that's sort of the faith that it'll be better there. So, but you, you know, uh, Jackie Burke's a mentor. So the other day I called him, uh, it was his 98th birthday. So I called and I go, and I go, happy birthday, Mr. Burke. I, I just want to make sure you have a great day. And, and he goes, the Lord put me down here for a long trip, didn't he, Justin? So, and that sort of goes to what, you know, we don't know how long our trip is. So I could have a short trip. I could have a long trip. You know, I would love a long trip because I get to impact people, right? But if I get a short trip, I get a short trip. And that's how I just sort of viewed the cancer. And, you know, if something happened, I felt like I was going somewhere better. I just didn't want to watch my family or friends have to watch that. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think one thing that you said there that was really important that I think is a huge part of why you're so friggin' good at developing champions and just honestly being one of the greatest humans I know is the fact that you literally just said your whole thing, your whole reason, your whole purpose for living is to impact others. Like that is really what you get to do on a daily basis and you do it extremely well. And I think that you know, you are living in your purpose. It's not, there's some adversities, there's cold and snowy days sometimes, but overall, like you are just truly grateful for what you get to do. And I just, I love being around people like this, people who really honestly, like you're right. When I, when I text you, I'm like, what's up, pro? Just living the dream. And that's what you say every single time. I'm great. I'm amazing. Living the dream. Because you truly believe it. And I think that that is one of the greatest qualities about you because you make everyone else around you want to really live the dream and be happy and enjoy the day and be so friggin' grateful that they get another day on their journey. Yeah. I, I, I want to add one thing for your viewers. Yeah. The, the one thing real quick is emotions. Here's where I think a lot of people get in trouble 
just real simple. And I am living my dream, but I, I think that you have to understand what emotions are used for. You know, we're human beings. We're going to have emotions, but you've got to use your emotions to motivate you to some degree. It's like if you love something, it's like then you need to move closer to it. You know, but if it's bad for you, you need to move away from it. So, and, you know, anger, you know, it's like, I don't mind if players get angry to some degree, but they still have to be able to think clearly when it's their time to hit their golf shot. So in your life, understand you're going to have positive emotions, negative emotions. That's okay. It's just like, you want to live in the positive emotions and try understand someone dies in your family. That's a negative emotion. You can't stay there. You can't live there. You know, I miss some of the people that have died in my life. I'll miss them the rest of my life, but I focus on what they, the way they impacted me positively. I don't focus on the negative event of them not being here. And that's how I think, you know, living with your emotion is very, how you understand your emotion, so to speak, if that makes sense. Oh my God. I love that so much. Love it. Love it. Love it. All right. So the last and final question that I always ask everyone is what is one decision that you were afraid to make that once you finally did it, it ended up better than you expected, or if it was shitty, what lesson did you learn? Ask it again. One decision. What is one decision you were afraid to make that once you made it, it ended up better than you expected or not as hard. Or if it was a shitty decision, what lesson did you learn? You know, I, this is going to sound terrible, but I don't have fear of anything. So I, I've never had a fear. It's like I told you earlier, I've never had a fear of making decision. And I think it's easier for me for a lot of reasons. But I think that... Uh, so, right. You know, we have great faith, right? You and I. And so the, the thing for me is I know in the Bible, it tells you not to have fear. Do not fear. Do not fear. Do not fear. Do not fear. And I've always expected things to work out. Right. So and I think that sometimes in life that. Uh, you have to gather the facts. I'm great at preparing. So and there's things you like and don't like, but I've never really had a decision where I said, no, I'm afraid to make that. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, for sure. So, for you, I believe that. <laughs> I think the thing you have to understand, too, though, is I don't have a wife, kids and people that I ha that my decisions affect. It only affects me. And if you don't have the ultimate self-confidence in yourself, delusional, as we spoke in perform in performance, then. I, I think that you're not going to be as great as you can be to some degree. And now, and I don't mean delusional. It's like, I'm going to walk on water. Obviously I can't walk on water. That's a life and death situation for me. So, but if I'm trying to perform it, whether it's, you know, doing the interview with you, speaking on a live golf channel episode, go in front of a corporation speaking, you know, some of those things aren't exactly the, uh, you, you know, difficult decisions that, I mean, you know, People get nervous up there. You're going to get nervous. That's okay. It's how do you handle that and making a decision, you know, even to start my own company, like when we sold Jim's company, it's easy. Now, does that not mean you have a little trepidation, but fear? No, mm. do not fear. I love it. I love that. You were like the first person to answer. I've actually never had fear doing something. 
I am so eternally grateful for you. You have blessed my life in ways that I probably never even described before. I just love you, adore you, and I'm so grateful that you have been in my life. And um, we are, where can people contact you if they want to contact you? Like, you know, all the all the non-wife children people that we just mentioned. <laughs> where, what's your social media, Justin, for people to get golf lessons and just to learn more about you? Uh, we're on Instagram, the crown golf, Justin underscore pointer, P O Y N T E R golf. So uh, the, the one thing too, is the feelings mutual. Christine has made a great impact on my life. Uh, just as people are successful, you keep those people around you and, and you definitely keep the, the people that are Christian influence around you and, and her and her husband have been tremendous people in my life. Yeah, when they're in town, we always have wonderful times, wonderful dinners. It's uh, our favorite place. Tell everyone where we eat every single time. It's our my favorite place to go. It's Louisiana special Papa Do's. We, <laughs> we like to sit there some of the time. We eat there every single time. Anyway, I love you. Thank you so much. And you guys always remember, you too can decide it is your turn. Are you one of the many people each month that tell me they can't find a tribe of like-minded people who are ready to decide it's their turn? If so, I have the absolute solution for you. It's the Decide It's Your Turn Network, a tribe of like-minded, high-vibe humans who are ready to thrive in life and business. It's a community off social media in its own private app where I come in and teach twice a month live, taking your questions, connecting you with amazing humans from around the globe, all for less than $100 a month. The Decide It's Your Turn Network. You guys, check out the show notes. Find the link, christinalacure.com forward slash network. Thank you all so much for joining me on today's episode of the Decide It's Your Turn podcast. If today's episode resonated with you at all, please share it with a friend. Also, head on over to iTunes. Leave us a five-star review and a comment. What is it that you want us to talk about that will help you realize that at any moment and any day, you too can decide it's your turn. I'm Christina LeCure. I'll see you next time.